is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. Have you been trying to figure out why people vote the way they do? I got some hard figures on it, even though uh, I'm not a professional statistician. I found out that you can uh, get a correlation just uh, by using your Excel program. So I did this. I scoured the internet to find out what percent of the vote Mr. Trump got in each state and what percent Mr. Biden got. Then I subtracted them for a Biden margin. Could have done it with the Trump margin, but I used the Biden margin. Would have been the same. So then I made a list of all of the states with their, their margin of support for Mr. Biden. It wasn't very hard to go out and find some other things to compare it to. For example, unions like mine claim that we did a great deal toward putting Mr. Biden in office. If that is true, then one would think that union density would be a good way to predict Biden's success. In other words, if a certain union has a lot of union members in their population, then, they have, then that's called union density. So if they have a high degree of union density, then it would be predicted that they would do well for Biden if it's true that the unions have some responsibility for getting Biden to win. So I took this list of Biden's margins by state, and then I took the union density by state. Now you can find the union density from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's not very hard. And I got the NBC News for the percentages for Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden. So then I ran a correlation using Excel pro the Excel program, which is not very complicated. It's just a matter of writing a formula down and, and uh, telling it which numbers you want the correlations for. The correlation for union density and Biden, it was 50%, 51% actually. So one could say then, see, a, a correlation of, of 100% would mean that they were exactly lined up. In other words, the state that had the most union density would get the most votes for Biden and the states with the second highest union density would get the second highest rates for Biden. So that would be a, a correlation of 100%. I got a correlation of 51%, which is pretty good. So I guess it is true. Unions have something to do with uh, Mr. Biden's success in getting votes. Then there were other things. I've had it suggested to me, for example, that, that elections are controlled by education. In other words, people say that one candidate got the more intelligent, better educated voters and the other candidate got the worse educated voters. So how would you figure out who was better educated and who was worse educated? Well, it's not that hard to do because you can find out how much money was spent per pupil in each state in the union. And you can get that from something called World Population Review. There's actually other sources, but this is one that, that I found pretty easy to, get, to capture the numbers. So they have uh, 
the, the amount spent on each pupil. For example, in Texas, the amount was 9,375. And let's see, Texas was 10th from the bottom. The one that spent the most money was New York, where they spent $23,091 for each student. So the question is, if you spent more money on education, theoretically, you'd have better educated voters. And then would the better educated voters go for Trump or would they go for Biden? Well, it turns out that there is a positive correlation of 45% between spending on education and voting for Biden. So in other words, the, the tendency to be better educated would be those who, who vote, vote, tended to vote for Biden. New York, which spent uh, $23,091 per each student in a year, uh, gave Biden a margin of 12.8%. Now, there's some, there's some oddballs in here. Alaska spent a lot of money on education and went for Trump by 28%. And Wyoming seems to be the wild card on everything. Uh, Wyoming spent... Well, anyway, Wyoming spent a lot of money on education. Yeah, they spent $16,537 on education and went for Trump by 43%. So, uh, so it's not true of every state. But the correlation, in general, the correlation is 45%. It says the more you spend on education, the more likely you would be to vote for Biden. Now, other people say that the reason some people vote for Trump and some people vote for Biden has to do with their belief in science. And the argument would be then that those who believed more in science would uh, tend to vote for Biden and those who, who didn't believe in science. Ones who believe just in their feelings or uh, in some kind of superstition make their decisions based on something besides science. Well, I couldn't find something besides science and, uh, as, a, as a way of figuring out what, uh, what, how people make their decisions. But there is, on the Internet, you can find whether or not people are highly religious. And I found this on pewresearch.org. And it gives you a percentage of the people in each state who consider themselves highly religious. In New York, for example... It's 46%. In uh, Texas, let me see if I can find Texas again. It's 64%, a much higher percentage. And Alabama, I think Alabama has the record. 77% of the people of Alabama, according to this poll, are highly religious. So the question is, would they vote for Biden or would they vote for Trump? with a correlation, once again, from uh, my handy computer program, I compared uh, the margins for Biden with the, the percentage of rate people that were rated highly religious. And this is, I got the biggest correlation of all of my studies, 57% correlation, meaning that the amount of people who are highly religious, uh, the effect of them voting for Trump is 50%, 57%. So that uh, 
so that uh, they did not vote for Biden if they were highly religious. Those that were less religious, like New York uh, with 46 and Connecticut with 43, Vermont with 34%, Massachusetts with 33%, those states tended to go for Biden. So the correlation was 57%. I thought that was very interesting. It's good to have hard numbers, but of course, the saying goes that there's three ways to tell lies, that there's big, awful lies, and there's little white lies, and there's statistics. So, <laughs> so I don't know if, you've, if I've proven anything. I know I did spend a lot of time digging up those numbers. I did not spend a lot of time computing correlation coefficient, though, because uh, Excel does that for you, and all you have to do is put the put the uh, formula in and designate the numbers that you want to be compared. So here's what I got. Those who vote for Biden tend to be less religious, 57%. They tend to be better educated, 45%. And they tend to have more union density in their state, 51%. That's what I found out. That's not the only thing that's going on this week. And there's something that, that I consider of great concern that happened just early this week. And that is that Mr. Trump fired Mark Esper. Mark Esper was the Secretary of Defense. I read a big long article about it in Washington Post, which had you know, a lot to say against and for Mr. Esper and against and for Mr. Trump. What it boils down to is this. They had a central disagreement earlier this summer, a very central disagreement. Mr. Trump wanted Mr. Esper to invoke something called the Insurrection Act and sick the army on the protesters. In other words, this Insurrection Act would have allowed Mr. Trump to send soldiers, sailors, Air Force, and Space Force people out to quell dissent in the United States. It wouldn't be the first time this has happened. There was, uh, there was a big strike in 1878 that was ended pretty much by the Army, by the National Guard. They went out and shot the strikers. And when they shot enough of the strikers, the strike was over. This is a great concern to me because even though I don't think he's going to be able to do it, it makes it sound that Mr. Trump would like to be able to use the military against people who are protesting. Well, we have a right to protest in America. As long as you're not breaking some other law, you have a right to assemble. I think it's in the, the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights that Americans can assemble and uh, they can say what they want to say. But Mr. Trump is a is clearly against that, as he is against a lot of aspects of democracy. He seems to be against our having a uh, right to vote. He seems to be against our having uh, free press and any number of things that you could say uh, have been attacks against democracy over the last few years. They weren't all from Mr. Trump. Some of them were from other Democrats. Some of them were from state governors, for example, the governor of Texas and the lieutenant governor and the attorney general. 
all trying to stop people from having the right to vote. We've, we have not seen someone sick the army on protesters in America, as far as I know, since 1878. I may be wrong, but that would be a very, very serious thing if someone were able to do that. And the fact that Mr. Trump fired Mark Esper, the Secretary of Defense, because he wouldn't do it, makes me think that Mr. Trump wants to get somebody who will do it. So that should be of a concern to everybody. Now I want to close on this one final thing that is, is really important in an overall sense. Even though many people, a minority of people, many people, all of them rich, all of them white, nearly all of them men, have been trying to destroy democracy in America for some time, and they have failed. Americans believe in democracy. America is the most democratic country in the world and, and continues to be so. We were much more democratic than England when we had our American Revolution because we didn't have a king. And so we, we were one up on England when we first started having democracy in America. And we improved democracy on and on. The Civil War was a great improvement in democracy. The Civil Rights Bill of 1964 or 5, uh, the Voting Rights Bill of, I think, 1965, was a great improvement in democracy. So we improved on democracy a lot up until lately when people have been really trying to take democracy away. I don't think they're going to be able to do it simply because the American people will not let them. Our challenge today, after this election is over, and it is over, is to come together. We have been forced apart. We have been teased apart. We have been threatened apart. We have been legislated apart. And we have, we have to recognize that we cannot solve our problems without coming together. That's why, I go, that's why I go the union route. I try to get more people to join unions. I try to get people who are not in unions to work with the unions because this coming together is the only way forward and it's the only way through the disastrous perils that we are presently enduring. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat. 